Today, um, as this past week, we've been in a, um, this past couple months, we've been in a sermon series about our core values as a church. Um, it's imperative for us as a church to know the direction that we're going in and what we uh, uh, hope to accomplish, who we hope to be, and the type of personalities that we want to inhibit in our church. We want to identify the look, the feel of who we're going to be as a church. Um, as you might know, our church is uh, semi-new. Uh, we, we've been going for about two years, and it doesn't feel like two years. It feels like, at the same time, it feels like one year, and it also feels like ten years at the same time because it's been a long year. <laughs> uh, we've been in, um, in everything that's going on. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that in this, in this phase of the church that we're in, God has brought in people that are passionate about serving in this church. And in that, I want people to always be under the same page and be on the same page and be in the same organizational pattern. So for us as a church, I want us to be uh, following the same core values of what we do every single week. Today, I, I, I want to start with this and, and, and speak on a subject that creativity is our pursuit. Creativity is our pursuit. How many of you are creative in here? Anybody? One. We got one. Two. All right. You got a few people that are creative in here. Some people, you might work in a creative field. Maybe you're good at arts and crafts. Maybe you're good at coloring inside the lines. Anybody? You're good at that. Some of you are creative in decorating your house. Some of you uh, know the latest trends. Some of you are creative in the way that you're dressed. I mean, some people, man, you're just a very fashionista and you look, you're looking good all the time. I mean, I believe uh, there's creativity among us in this church. Anybody believe that? God has brought each of you and I as creative individuals to be part of this church. And I'm, I'm going to get into this. I'm going to start with this. There is no limit to what God can do in this church. Anybody hear that? There is no limit to what God can do in this church. And as we're on the verge of completing to you, our desires to that this church would be creative in its methods and its evangelism and its discipleship and service and everything that we do. And at the same time, we pursue God that there's no limit what God can do in this church. I mean, Genesis 1, 1, the very first verse of the Bible states, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Do we want to know about creativity? We go to God. We, we go to God if we want to learn about being creative because in the beginning, God created. It wasn't someone else. It wasn't a big bang. It wasn't evolution. It wasn't uh, any other God, but it's the God that we serve that created the heavens and the earth. Anybody ever look at the heavens? Have you ever looked at the stars and you see the moon, you see the sun, you see everything out there? And I can tell you it's, it's only God that created this. Ever looked at a sunset and you're like, man, this is amazing. This is beautiful. This is a beautiful sunset. A few weeks ago, I, I was on a beach looking at the sunset. And I told my wife, man, you know, if, if, if this sunset was as beautiful as you, I'm just joking. <laughs> but, you know, that sounds that sound slick. And I'm like, you know, we, we, we you know, I, I've, I've been traveling. I've traveled quite a bit and I've seen parts of the world. And I'm like, man, this is beautiful. 
And this is only designed by an intelligent design. Well, I mean, like I said, we're not a big bang. We're not, we're not a mistake. We're not some sort of irregularity that something happened, and that's how the universe came into existence. No, I believe in intelligent design. I believe in a creator. I believe in creation, someone that formed us, someone who organized us. I mean, uh, Psalm, Psalm says it like this. I mean, 139, and this is, this is outside of my notes, um, verse 13. You know, he created our inmost being. I mean, he knit me together in my mother's womb. Can I tell you that when you were in your mother's womb, uh, I mean, God crafted you. I mean, that's why we believe that it's important that, to, un- to understand the concept of life beginning at conception, because even at conception, God was creating and forming your toes, your fingers, your, your eyes, your face, and, you know, and, and he didn't make a mistake on your face. That's the way God wanted it to look like, and he put it all together, and he says, it's the psalmist says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made and, 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 and your works are wonderful. I know that full well. This is who God created to us to be. We are a byproduct of a creator that has placed his hands on us. I mean, another, another passage says, God, you are the potter and I am the clay. I mean, you formed us and you formed us and he created us and gave us that creativity to do things. And to be the person that God has called us to be today. I mean, from the beginning of time, we see that we serve a creative God. I mean, I look at animals. You look at the sea. And you could say, man, who would have thought of making these? God, I bless you. I thank you for creating the animals. Even the mosquitoes that I hate all the time that bite me. Anybody hate mosquitoes? All right, nobody. All right. Bite them, bite them all you want. <laughs> Don't come near me. You know, we're, we're a product, and we see the product of God's creation. You know, a God that made something out of nothing in order to, for us to have what we have now. No one else has created anything except for what came from the creator. Now, I believe our church is going to be a creative church. I'm going to get into this message. Now, there will be times where surely... We're not going to reinvent the wheel. There's resources, there's churches that are doing it better than us that we're going to glean from, that we're going to learn from. Um, you know, someone else is, may, may also be doing something that is equally as good or even better than what we're doing right now that we're trying to achieve. But my prayer for this church, even though for a small church, even though for a new church, that, that we can dream up of ways of doing church that no one has thought of yet that we can be the influence to our community, to our society, that we can be an influence to other churches and other pastors. And I pray that the Lord of the universe would help us dream up of doing things and help, help us be creative in ways that we never dreamed possible. I'm going to give you some examples. Last year, in the, in the outset, in the aftermath of the pandemic, back in March, we, I stood here in this room, I said, I don't know what's next, but we're going to figure this out. I mean, our church, and I'm not going to say, I'm not going to give us all the praise because we're not the only ones, but our church was actually one of the first to, to, to go to a strictly online service. I mean, there was a lot of churches in our community that waited several more weeks before they decided to go online, and they were still in person, and, and, and our church was one of the first that said, no, we're going to go in online, we're going to go all in, and we're going to create a church at home experience. 
a format. I mean, we, we, we're going to create a service that can be online. And some of you found us online. And we went all in with church at home. When other churches, it took them a few weeks or a month or two months to catch up. Our church, as small as it is, we, we went all in and we took our creativity and said, we're not going to be limited by the four walls of the church building. We're not going to say, oh, well, because we can't meet in person, the church will stop. Can I tell you, that's when the church got going. That's when people started tuning in and watching and finding us online. And we found ourselves reaching more people online than we ever did in person. And to this day, we're over a year later, we're still online and, and broadcasting our service every single week. And so if you're not present, you can still watch online. It's incredible, the dynamic. When, when COVID started, when the pandemic started, there, for about a month and a half, two months straight, I was getting at least a call every day from a pastor, a church that was needing help improving their online service. Pastors didn't know anything about cameras. They didn't have anything about technology. They needed help with the website or online giving. And literally, I mean, Rocio could tell you, I mean, it was up to like 11 o'clock, midnight at night on phone calls with pastors and, and leaders and helping them connect cables and connect stuff, even though I couldn't physically be present. I mean, I was getting calls from pastors in Washington and, and New York and Florida and, and Missouri and California, people all over Texas asking, and can I tell you, there's influence in this church because of our creativity. People are watching. Can I tell you, even in the pandemic, I mean, early on, we, we met in small groups. And in our small groups, we immediately switched to Vive groups. Um, we did our, our small groups online, Vive groups online, and we immediately switched to groups only on Zoom. And, and in that, because of switching on Zoom and switching in that, this was last year, We've continued even to this day that now, even as I'm, we're thinking, like, okay, we want to have groups in person, but I feel like there's always going to be an element of, to reach people through Zoom. How can we do this, and how can we continue this to still be able to offer both? I don't see it going away. That we were able to be creative in our method of, of going online into Zoom. This was before a lot of other churches even decided to do so as well. We were at least a month ahead of them. Now, I don't say this all to brag or say that I'm the only one that came up with this, but, but I could tell you that there's influence in what God was doing because even then, we even received some recognition because I love my wife. She's been able to have this Zoom group for kids, and, and, and she's even been, been recognized because she's engaged with uh, the Bible engagement software and doing it online and through Zoom, and some of you parents can even recognize, and it's amazing to see that, that even in the middle of a pandemic, Nothing has stopped. In fact, the church got creative and moved forward. And can I tell you, this pandemic, even though it's a curse for many, I, I want to see it also as a blessing for the church because it requires us to think outside of the box. It requires us to think outside of our mentality and our traditions. That church is not just in a regular building. Can I tell you, even right now, you're sitting in a gym 20 years ago, this was not the trend to come into a, a community center, a gym, a school, Set up and tear down. No, you have church in, a, in an actual church building, in a traditional-looking church building with a steeple. That was the church. 
And even because people got creative because of the lack of resources, the lack of property or buildings, they said, no, we're going to find a way to meet and we're going to set up and turn down. And there's even industries nowadays, nowadays that will help you put everything together in a box. There's a whole entire industry that will make it happen because people got creative and said, you know what, we're, we can find a place to meet in anywhere, movie theaters, schools, churches. My wife, and when she was in, um, right after college, she served at a church, one of the fastest growing churches in San Antonio, when they met in a movie theater for several years before they were able to find property. And she met in a, they met in a movie theater because people got creative. We met in a YMCA. We meet here today because people got creative. What, I'm, what am I getting at? I, I mean, I can't take credit for everything. I'm not the first one to invent this. But can I tell you, if we start getting creative, imagine what God can do in this church. Can anybody believe that today? Ephesians 2.10 says it like this, for we're God's handiwork. He, God's the handyman. We're his handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has created us to do good works. Can I tell you, and he's already prepared for us in advance. He's given us the creativity. He's given us the knowledge, the wisdom, the understanding, the, the, the perception to see into the future and see things. And we can forecast certain things. And we can find ways of doing church that have never been dreamed before because people are getting creative. Don't look at yourself and don't look at our church as so small. No, I can tell you there's influence already in this church if you could just get creative. Imagine with what God can do, and, and I have several prayers for this church. I have five prayers today for this church if you're taking notes, and I, I want us to pray these prayers this today. I want this to be our prayer. Number one, I pray that we would not be limited by our resources. I pray that we would not be limited by our resources, by our money, by our talents, by what we own, the property. I, I pray that we would not be limited by our resources. Our God is the owner of all the universe. Our God is the owner of the cattle of a thousand hills. Our God is all powerful. Our God is in control. He has everything. But many times our vision and dreams is predicated on our bank accounts. We see what we have or don't have, and we automatically think, oh, well, we're not able to do this. Can I tell you, if we get creative, we can make a lot of things. I mean, I come from a Latino household. And some of us get creative. I mean, anybody have a Latino mom, you're going to reuse that, that tub of bucket or sour cream. And you're not going to buy that Tupperware. You're going to reuse it to be able to get creative and find something that someone would want to throw away. Someone's junk, someone's trash, or someone else's treasure. Anybody hear me today? You're going to get creative. I pray that we would not be limited by our resources. I pray that we would not be limited. I mean, I mean, I, I pray that we don't look at what we have right here and say, no, I'm, we're, not, we're, we're not able to do this. I pray that we don't look at the bank account and say, no, that's not possible. That's, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do outreach, compassion. We're not going to do evangelism. I pray that we would not be, I pray that we would get creative when there's lack of resources. Can I tell you, when, the less people have, the more people, the more stirred people got creative in all of history. Because people didn't have this, they, they figured out ways to, to make things happen. Because there was a lack of one substance, they found another way to make things happen. 
They got creative. I mean, George Washington Carver is a great example. I mean, I remember learning about him in school. He, uh, he found thousands of uses for the peanuts. I mean, I don't know what, what was going on in that time, that there was a lot of peanuts going on I mean, everywhere. But he saw what someone else would not look at, something that someone else would trample over, and he figured out ways to use something. Pray that we will not be limited by resources. I'll give you an example of us. Back in March, some of you guys remember this. I mean, most of you guys were here in the room, were there. Back in March, I mean, in the aftermath of the winter storm that happened in February, um, I got a call one day from an organization called Convoy of Hope, a massive worldwide organization. They called me one day, and it was through a friend of a friend. They called me and said, hey, George, we have 26 pallets of food and water ready to come bring it to you from Missouri, um, and we're going to bring it to your doorstep. Um, in two days. Problem is, we don't have a doorstep. We don't have a place. Now, other pastors would say, no, well, I'm sorry, we, we don't have a place. We don't have a, a, a location. We don't have a building to house that stuff in. You're crazy. And they wanted us to have a forklift. I mean, I mean, we don't have that. We don't own that. We don't, I mean, you're crazy. Maybe call the next church. Call the church down the street that has more resources and abilities. But can I tell you, I mean, I, I was crazy. I mean, we, we, I said, no, no, I mean, uh, this is, this is, this is a, a, a craziness, but you know what? I believe in a bigger God than my craziness. Can I tell you that? And I, I walked in there and I said, yes, without even saying, uh, not even knowing. And they said, we're going to come in two days. And I'm like, okay, come on, just come. I'll figure it out. I have two days to figure this out. I mean, we're freaking out. Me and Rocio, we even argued about it. We, we, we got upset at each other. We're like, trying to like, what? how are we going to do this? And, and I, I just started calling everybody. And, 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 and next thing you know, partner with the church uh, down the street from us. And sometimes it's, it, part of creativity is, is being humble about yourself and learning that there's other people that have better resources than you do and that make it happen. And, and so we partnered up and called a school principal. We didn't have a place. The Y said no. And so when one says no, God opens up other doors. And we went to a middle school school, can I tell you, in two days, we organized two different locations with 26, a whole truckload, truckload of food and water and resources, and over 500 families were fed on that one day, all because people got creative and were not limited by their resources and what they could have and what they did not have. I want to be a church that says, other pastors, I know people that would say, no, I'm sorry, we, we don't have the, the manpower. 26 pallets. I barely got 26 people. God, how are you doing this? Can I tell you, if you open your hands, God is always willing to give. If you're ready to serve, God is always willing to make things happen. I mean, I pray that we're not going to be limited by our resources. I mean, I mean, we can be creative and we can look at ways and not look at our bank account and say, oh, well, we're not, it's not possible. No, let's figure out. Let's tap into what we need to tap into. Who do we need to call? What do we need to do? Who do we need to, who, who do we need to walk with or, or, or become friends with? Because I want us to dream big. Anybody hear me today? Number two, I pray that we can convert fear and frustrations to fervor. I'll break that down. We can convert fear, frustrations to fervor. Now, there's fear that always lies ahead. This is an uncertain time. 
COVID has come, it's gone, and it's come back. You know, variants, I mean, all these different things that are happening all around us. We don't know what's going to happen in front of us. I, I, I can't tell you what's going to happen. But out of fear, you could choose to walk away and stop and say, okay, that's it, we're done. Out of frustration, you can turn to walk away and say, no, we're done. Or you can turn to fervor. What is fervor? It's a passion. It's a feeling. It's a drive. It's an intensity. That's what fervor is. I, I want to say when the going gets tough, let's, the, the, the tough gets going. Out of fear and frustration, if every time we were afraid of what's, what was in front of us, and we never took a risk, then nothing would ever happen. We would gain nothing. If every time we were frustrated, we just said, okay, we're going to throw in the towel. Nothing's going to happen. But we're done. I, I was talking to another pastor this week, and he was telling me of another church here in the Houston area, inner city Houston. And it was a friend of his, and he said, man, I'm, I'm glad you guys are still moving on because this other church, which had a lot more people than us, a lot more resources than us, they decided to go, go ahead and just merge their church, close down their church, merge the church with another bigger church. And it's so easy to do that because, I mean, there's fear, there's frustration. Are people going to show up? Are we going to be able to pay the bills? Are we going to be able to make things happen? I mean, but can we convert our fear and frustration to fervor, to a passion and says, you know what, devil, you've tried to bring me down long enough, but you're not going to keep me down. I'm going to keep on seeking God. I'm going to keep on showing up. I'm going to keep on being present. I'm going to get here early. I'm going to serve. I'm going to give all I can because my fear and frustration doesn't lead me. I'm led by the power of God. Convert to fervor. Even though there's a world of craziness, so much social unrest, so much an intense political climate, war, famine, disease, whatever may come, let our church persevere in the middle of all that and let's push forward and put our minds to work. Romans 1.20 says it like this. It says, for since the creation of the world... Again, as the word creation, since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. God's power is still moving since the beginning. But here's the next part. It says here, but being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. What does this mean? Let me break it down. From the creation of the world since the very beginning, God has been at work. But here's the reality. He's not only just at work, but he's at work through you. So even in the middle of everything that's happening, there's no excuse not to serve God. There's no excuse not to move forward. The church will still prevail, and we're going to still seek God with everything we have, and we're going to put our minds to work and be creative and do church in ways that never happened, that never, we never dreamed before. I don't want my fear to lead this church. I want a fervor for God to lead this church. I don't want to walk away frustrated, but I want to take my frustrations and lead them to figure out other ways. Can I tell you, I've been frustrated. Can I be real with you? This is off notes. I get frustrated. I love you guys. I love this church. And we need everyone. And we need every single one of you to be part of this church. And when we give excuse after excuse, I'm not talking specifically about you, but if the shoe fit, go for it. 
But if excuse after excuse keeps you from serving God with all that you have, and excuse after excuse keeps you from coming and serving and giving and loving and doing everything that God has asked you to do, ask you to do. if excuse after excuse is going to happen and people want to go in vacation mode, I get it. I, I love vacation. I, 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 I went on one. But if, if, if we never get out of that slump and we never push forward, then the frustration is going to dwell even more and more. And I want to say this to this, I love every single one of you, but can I tell you, I love this community. And if we can move out of our frustrations and say, God, I mean, I can put excuse after excuse, but can I tell you, I want to give, I want to put all excuses aside and I want to convert every frustration and fear into an action to serve God even more and more and more. Even when it's not easy to get up in the morning, even when it's not easy to get up to church, even if though it's going to cost me something to come, even though, oh, man, there's jobs, there's other opportunities, there's other things. But there's, you know what? It's a sacrifice to also love God. Can I be real with you? If this church is going to propel forward, it's because people are not afraid of, of what they might not, what they might lose by coming to church. No, they're willing to take the sacrifice and say, God, here I am, God. I give everything to you. And this church will propel forward in many ways. I don't want to be led by fear. But I want to convert my fear and frustrations to fervor. I I, I want to move past what excuses and start working on solutions. I, I, I want to figure out What's wrong here? And let me figure out how can I fit what's right here. And here today, this is my prayer for the church, that we be creative. And and, and whenever there's a frustration, we don't have this, we we don't have this. God, how can we make this happen? What What do we need to do? I I want to be a church of excellence. And next next Sunday, I, I I I strategically moved some of these these values a little bit because next Sunday I want to talk about excellence and if you want to get your feelings hurt don't come next Sunday I mean if you're afraid of getting your feelings hurt because I I, I want to be a church of excellence and in excellence it, it requires us bringing the best things to the table because number three I want to be a church that that dreams big I want to be a ch- church that dreams big I want to be a church that that might that my dreams be louder than my memories like, you know what the problem with a lot of churches is today? There's cycles of the church. I mean, a church will start, and it'll pick up, and then it'll, it'll at one point, it'll plateau. And then it just kind of goes into decline. I mean, if a church lasts, is around 50 years, you'll see it. That's what happens in a lot of churches. But here's my desire in this church, that we would always be in a level of increase, increase, increase. But what happens in a lot of churches is that they always reminisce more on their heyday, their glory days, and they rejoice more at the memories of what God did back then that they forget to dream bigger for what God can do in the future. And me, my desire is that I want my aspirations to be higher than my fears, that there's no mountain that can't be moved. I mean, I want to believe that there's nothing that can get in the way of the mission of the church and what God wants to do for this church. I don't want to be looking at, okay, what, what, is back, what was good back then, and I can't replicate that. No, I need something new for now. 
And I want creativity today. And I, I desire for all of you right now to start dreaming up of ways to dream big for this church. What is the dreams for your family? What is the dreams for this church? What do you desire for the community? I mean, there's community outreach ideas that haven't been thought of yet. I mean, last year, people, who would have even thought last year of doing drive-through stuff, drive-through backpack giveaways, drive-through food giveaways? Who would have thought of that back then in my time? I mean, before COVID, you know, back then, I mean, you would, you would pack up, people would get out of their car. I mean, and it would be a little bit of a longer stretch. There's community outreach ideas that haven't been thought of yet. There's follow-up systems that haven't been thought of yet. There's, there's ways to capture newcomers and, and capture visitors and get them to come back that haven't been thought of yet. There's stuff we do on live stream and digital and social media that hasn't been thought of yet. There's a digital presence that we still haven't tapped into as much as we possibly could. I want a church to dream big. I was listening to a pastor by the name of Craig Rochelle. And he's Life Church out of Oklahoma. And one of, one of his uh, leadership podcasts has a lot of great content. One of, one of, Craig Rochelle, years ago, um, a little bit over 15 years ago, they decided uh, to develop an application for the phone before, before that was even a thing, right at the very beginning. And the desire was just to be able to put the Bible into people's um, hands, right, you know, everywhere across the world. So they developed the YouVersion Bible app. And most of you, if you search the word Bible app, it's, you know, version would be the number one uh, app that's found. And, and it's, it's in countless uh, translations, it's countless um, different versions of the Bible and different languages. And, and it's, over, it's had probably over a billion downloads um, to this day, all because someone had a dream to dream big and developed a tool that someone could think of. All it takes is one dream and, and dream that would, would be able to bless the, the, the inherit and bring inheritance to, to the kingdom of God and be able to bring something to the kingdom of God that hasn't been thought of yet. I want us to dream big and have our desires and have our, our dreams bigger than our memories. I'm not worried about the past because we don't have a lot of past. I'm worried about the future, your children's future, your grandchildren's future. What can we do right now that will leave an impact in our society? Number four, I pray for people who will bring their best ideas to the table. I pray for people that will bring best ideas to the table. Each and every one of you is gifted. Some of you don't know how you're gifted yet. Each of you, one of you is special. Some of you don't know how you're special yet. But some of you have some of, your, some of the best and brightest ideas. And I never want to be in a place where I'm not welcoming those ideas to the table. Can I tell you, you can pick up the phone and call me, text me at any time and say, you know, George, what do you think about this? How can we do this? How can we do that? At the same time, I, I also encourage people to execute on those ideas if you have them as well. Not the only one just say, pick them apart and, hey, here's my idea, here are my ideas for the week. And I'm like, hey, can you help out, brother? And as well, no, I... I but I want us to be able to bring our best ideas to the table because all of us here today play a part in this. I'm not perfect. I'm the pastor, but I'm not perfect by any means. I don't have this all figured out. We're working. I mean, I've been in church a long time and I've done this a while, but there's still a lot of things that, that there's stuff, stuff we can still work on and improve on. 
I mean, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Verse 5, and, and it says, there, verse 6, and it says there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work, meaning all of us are different. We all have different flavors. We all have different tastes. We all have different ways we can work and serve. And all of us come together. We're better together, and we can bring our best ideas to the table. That way, it's not just one person's show. It's, the, it's all of us together glorifying God with everything we have. There are different kinds of working, but all of them and everyone is the same God at work. I mean, if you go skip down to verse 12, it says, just as a body, the one has many parts. We're one body. We're a church body. We have many parts, but we're, well, I mean, we have many parts. We're one, but we're many parts. And, but all its many parts from one body, form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. I mean, all of us together, we form one body, one church under one God, but each of us have many parts. In the Bible, even, it goes on to, in that chapter, it talks about, hey, you know, the hand is one thing, the, the foot is one thing, the eye is one thing, the, the ears and nose is one thing, the hair is one thing. I mean, everybody forms part of this body. And because of that, every single one of you bring creativity. I'm thankful that some of you guys work in the professional world. I'm thankful some of you guys have degrees. I'm, so, I'm thankful some of you guys are getting educated. I'm, some people that work in a school system and, and work in social services. I'm thankful that people work and have experience working in different places and, and different types of industries, home and home improvement. And, and, and everybody has different traits. And together, we can bring our best ideas to the table. I never want to be a church that says, no, no, we got it figured out. No, each and one of you, we're part of this family. And there's still things we haven't thought up of yet. Bringing your ideas to the table. And number five, and I'll close with this, and, and we'll, we'll get into a time of worship. I pray for our church to be in tune with its creator. I pray for our church to be in tune with its creator. If we're, if we're going to be creative, we have to connect with the creator. If we're going to be creative, we got to be in with the creator. I, I want to be synced up with him and I want to be connected with God because I know that God is wanting to spiritually deposit ideas in me that, of things that have never been dreamed before and, and be able to go beyond my imagination and be able to go beyond what I see right now. What, what I see right now, before we started this church, my wife and I, we had a vision for this church and, and every single way of the way, God began to deposit ideas for things, the ideas for this and never would have I imagined that we would be at the place that we are now and the way we are now, and all because I just pursued God and I sought God and I said, God, deposit some ideas in me. And just because of one or two ideas, hey, we've seen the growth. We've seen all this. It takes a lot of work to make things happen. But God all along was depositing ideas. He was planting seeds and relationships and people that were in my life that could help me. Can I tell you, I might desire to at the same time, and no offense to anyone else, but I feel that there's a, u a uniqueness in this church, an influence in this church that is unlike other churches in the world. 
I feel that there's a flavor in here that's going to be different from everyone else. And I can tell you this, we're not going to reinvent the wheel all the time. Yeah, we're going to take ideas from different places. Obviously, there's people that are doing it better than us. Of course, we're not going to reinvent the wheel. But at the same time, I'm not going to be a carbon copy of anyone else. I'm not a copy of something else. Anybody ever experienced something that's a, a fake imitation of something? Like you buy, you know, you're buying clothes and it says Nike, but the little, you know, the check mark isn't quite right there. The Jordan is, he's limping, trying to, you know, I was in, I was in Mexico. When you go to Mexico to go to markets and, and stuff, it's always funny because, you know, they'll sell you like Adidas, but it's like a little off. And you can spot a fake. Some people get, you know, get better over time, but a lot of times you can spot a fake right away. You know, you could spot fake, there's fake jewelry, fake clothes, fake shoes, you know, everywhere. And people don't like a fake. People don't like an imitation of something else. We don't want to be a carving copy of anything else. We don't want to be an imitation or a lesser version of anyone else. I, I believe that there's a uniqueness to this ministry that we have yet to discover, yet other people are finding it. I believe that, that there are spiritual deposits that are about to happen in this church that are going to be embedded into us, and we're going to attribute it to only God being the only person that can, is the one giving us this thing. It, it, it's God that's working in us. Can I tell you, we're not a fake. We're not a carbon copy. We're not, we're not just an imitation of something else. No, we are uniquely defined, and because God is going to be giving us that creativity, we're going to be able to be an influence to different places all over the world today. Anybody believe this today? And as I close, I'm going to ask the worship team to get ready. I, I, I want to close with this. I, I, my desire for this church is that we, these next two weeks, these words I want to say, man, I, I believe in a, in a church of creativity and a church of excellence. A church that's finding ways to push forward in spite of every obstacle that could be placed in front of us. A church that moves forward in spite of every fear and frustration. A church that's connected to the creator so that we can create something better. I pursue today, my desire today, is that we be creative, and it's not, just, it's not just one person's ideas. It's all of our ideas coming together. Can I tell you, I need your creativity. And maybe I say this out of frustration, and God help me if I do. But we're, we're almost six months, we're about six months back in since we started back up, and it's still a weird time. I, I get it. It's a weird season for everyone. I pray for creativity. How do we reach lost people to come to this church? I might see 20 people, God, but God, I, I know you've called us for, for more. God, I, I don't want to just be satisfied with 20. I, let's get to 200. God, what can you do to, from 200 to 2,000? God, what, what, where, where are you leading us to? What? God, deposit some ideas that belong to you and not ideas that belong to me because if it's up to George, I would fail every time. God, would you deposit some things in my life, in my heart, that would say, God, if we change one or two things, it would change everything. 
If we settled on, on just what we have, no, no, God, I want more than what we have now. Anybody want more than what we have now? Anybody come to church and like, man, I wish there were some more people that showed up. And it's not about numbers. It's about fulfilling the mission of God. I'm not just number-based. I, I get it. Like I said, I'm, it's a weird time, but I want us to be able to come together and come together as a church, become one, and each one of us come together and, and, and says, okay, we're bringing the best of who we are. I'm going to ask the worship team to get ready this morning. I pray that we, we could be better than what we are pushing forward. I pray that we could be a church that, that pushes forward and, and dreams big and not afraid to dream louder than what we have in our memories. That we would have a passion to move forward and to move forward to the next place and that we could be in tune with our creator. This past week, I, w- I was... This past week, I was at a, at a national conference. Like I mentioned, there was about 16,000 people present. There's people from all over the country as well. And, and, and a lot of times, there's a lot of people that, that, that are people I'm familiar with, friends, family members, and people that I've known for a long time. Crazy thing about it is that there's a lot of people that, that, that I was actually surprised. Um, number one question people ask is, like, how's the church going? And that, that didn't surprise me. That, that question didn't surprise me at all. But the surprising thing about it is that, that there was a lot of people that really watch and check out to see in line what, what is happening with our church. I had friends of mine I hadn't talked to in years. was like, man, I've been watching your sermons every week. And they're like, man, I was like, wow, that's awesome. Man, I need to make sure I polish up on this. <laughs> you know? Some people are like, man, I love your worship. You and I know that there's not whole lot of people here on stage. You and I know we don't, not a whole lot of musicians here either. But can I tell you, our limitation has bred creativity. How can I tell you, number one comment a lot of people tell us when they come to church, we love your worship. If we were limited and we say limited, see, limitation breeds creativity. People say, say this, oh, man, I love the way it looks, the, the way it looks on camera. And it looks a certain way on camera. And some people would never even know that you were in a gym. You based it off of the live stream. Because limitation breeds creativity. And people would ask me, it's like, George, man, man you, you're, you're such an influence. Man, I love, and, and, and one thing that stood out to me is that some, someone, another pastor who has a lot more experience in, in, in ministry in a very, very creative church, they're like, man, I love your social media. I love because you have something to say. You have something to say. And I tell you, there's something to be said of Vive Church. Anybody believe that? There's something incredible happening here. You might look small. There might be few. But this body is going to touch the lives of millions of people all over the place. And you know why? Because I want to be in tune with my creator. God, would you deposit spiritual ideas in me? I don't want ideas that belong to George. I want ideas that belong to God. A God-driven idea. 
I, Mark Batterson like, said it like this, I'd rather have one God idea than a thousand good ideas. I'd rather have one God idea than a thousand good ideas. That's my desire for this church. God will just give us God ideas. Here's what I want to do. I want to pray. I'm going to invite you to come to the altar. And if you're watching online, if you need a prayer request, I want to pray for you. But I want to invite everyone just to come. Stand to your feet. I invite you to come to this altar. And I want to take the next few moments to pray for some God ideas. Out of my frustration, I'll be the first one to pray. Out of my frustration, God, would you just give me fervor for more, God? God, out of my frustration, pandemic, God, out of everything that's happening in the world, out of things, God, would, would there be a remnant of people? The Bible talks about remnants. Remnants are small groups of people that ushered in revivals. God, out of my frustration, God, would you just give me fervor? I desire I desired for the best ideas, God. And use me. Use me. Lift up your hands. Close your eyes and just say, God. God, would you just, we just worship you, God. We just worship you, Father. And right now, God, we invite you into this place. Would you just speak to 